this board game um, called Loaded Questions. Uh-huh. Have you ever played Loaded Questions no. before? So it's so fun. I'll, after we record this, I'll, I'll show you the box. But anyway, there's answer sheets where you write your answers uh-huh. and then like, you know, everyone writes their answers down and then reads them off. And it's so fun. <laughs> like when you start a new game to find the old sheets, right. it's like your notes. It's like, like really what's, a, no what's penis camouflage? Like yeah. what the hell was that? Yes, we oh we never throw them away. And yeah. then usually we that. end up playing them playing it once a year with friends, and we come back to it and we're just like. Who's John K. Gillette? Yeah. Like, what's happening? Like just all these ridiculous inside jokes that make no sense yeah. anymore. Yes. I love it It's so a good much. time. That sounds good. Um, uh, okay, this is all set. Okay, here we go. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Carry On, the Sex in the City podcast. I'm Alec Wells. I'm Cat Wells. With us tonight. Okay, we've had good guests in the past, <laughs> but tonight, if any of our previous guests are listening, just skip forward like 30 seconds. Okay, now we can have a real talk yes. because our guest tonight is the best guest we've ever had. It's true. Everybody, welcome Blondie. You guys. It's Hello. so wonderful to have you. Thanks for having me. Blondie, oh Blondie has been a listener for a while. And um, uh, she so she probably knows um, our obsession with um, Australian accents. <laughs> and I must apologize if you've been listening and rolling your eyes all this time because we get really excited about it because it's my favorite accent on the planet. That's a knife. Don't mean to fetishize you, or maybe I do. <laughs> but Blondie's from Australia, and she's you're going to just enjoy listening to this butter voice, this voice made of butter Blondie, for the next hour. Guys can so. hang out anytime. <laughs> you are a total entertainment industry powerhouse. I love following your Insta. If anybody wants to follow your Insta, what's your handle? It's Blondie M U A. Okay. Which is my work one. You have and two, then don't I, you? I have yeah. a personal one, which is Blondiewood underscore. I yeah. highly recommend. You should follow both. both. You absolutely must. Um, because you're just going to see the best. And you came dressed as Carrie Bradshaw in she this did. episode today, and you love absolutely fantastic. Oh, hello, my name is Fabulous. Like, I'm sure we'll post a photo of it we, on our Instagram. We already did. And also, it's January 15th, which. Uh, which incidentally I'm told there are uh, there are varying sources and varying opinions on this but I believe either in some episode somewhere or something it's it's stated that Carrie Bradshaw's birthday is January 15th I wonder so if as we're recording this I think it's her birthday cheers oh cheers yes. happy birthday Carrie 25 fuck I'm old <laughs> well the next episode not this one but the next episode is Carrie's 35th birthday that's right so maybe perhaps they mention it or perhaps here's another theory is that that episode debuted on January 15th of whatever year the maybe I don't know where it came from know. I'll tell you how I how I thought about it today which is I had it in my like iCal yeah 
I don't know when I put it in, yeah. but at some point I read it somewhere and I and I since today I like Googled January 15th, Carrie Bradshaw's birthday. There are a lot of articles from like Vogue and Cosmopolitan that are like in honor of Carrie Bradshaw's birthday. So I don't know where they got it from, but at any rate various credible sources mm-hmm. have stated well Happy either birthday. way i'm drinking <laughs> um, okay I'm, i broke my dry january yes and Harry. we really appreciate, we appreciate it. it i know that so she much. does too blondie will you please tell us your uh the way that you discovered sex in the city when <laughs> sex in the city first came into i'm chopping at the bit you know i don't I don't know when I first started watching it, but I still remember vividly the finale Mm -hmm. and having all of my high school friends over Mm -hmm. to drink Cosmopolitan's at my parents' house. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal. Did you also, side note, did you also watch Friends? Yes. Because they both... Didn't they both finale in 2004? They did. Like, they that was went. a big year for, like, yeah. huge shows so I ending. I been done at school at that point. Yeah. But... I was still at my parents' house, I think. Yeah, it was, it's interesting because, I think I've said this before, but the Friends finale and the Sex and the City finale are actually really similar because Rachel is going to Paris <laughs> and yes. Carrie's going to Paris yes. and, like, their long, you know, on-again, off-again boyfriends stop them from living in Paris, totally. if you'll remember. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. my God, I really need to re-watch the Friends finale. Let's so you just had do a group. it right now. You wish to do it right now. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Thanks for joining us. So you watched, you had people over, you watched the Sex and City yeah, finale. Yeah, I had my friends over and we all watched the finale together. Which I normally don't like doing because I don't like people talking over Same. Me. Yes, exactly. And it drives me crazy. When I get invited to, like, Oscar parties or things like that, I get, I'm always like, oh, I already have plans. <laughs> Even if I just want to be sitting at home because I know other people cannot be trusted not to talk. I want to listen. Yes. If I watch American Horror Story with another person, people get yelled at. Yes. Yeah. Um, 100%. I, I, now that I know that, I'm really sorry that I was screaming at you the entire time we watched this episode. <laughs> that was inappropriate. Now I know. Do you remember, it, though, going forward. when you, do you remember when you first, like, discovered the show or, like, because it sounds like from what you're saying when you watched it, you're approximately our age. So when yes. the show started, you were probably still a person who was like, ooh, I'm watching something naughty. Or maybe yeah, it was definitely something that I probably watched because my older sister would have been watching it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember loving it, but I don't remember when it started mm-hmm. for me. This might be a dumb question, but um, all the American channels, the American networks and everything, like, are they... I know that Australia has its own very successful, like, they're, they're, I remember what, um, hearing about um, the uh, this book that I read, The Slap, that got oh, yeah. made into, like, a show. Um, With Melissa George, I think. So, and I read the book, yeah, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the show, and I know that the same people, side note, just made a show called... Um, Glitch? Have you seen that show? No, anyway, it's great. Anyway, um, I, I watch Australian television sometimes. <laughs> but my point is, um, is there like, is it like HBO AU or is it like... No, at the time, we didn't even really have cable TV. We had maybe four or five channels. Okay. And so they would buy certain shows that were doing well in the States and show mm-hmm. them at a certain time slot. So it would have been a late time slot because of the content. Yes. Sure. And it also would have been um, censored. Would you say that your personal style or fashion was influenced by Sex in the City at all? 
Definitely. Tell me in, I sort remember of in what ways. In our year, year 11 and year 12, we have what's called a formal, which is our mm-hmm. version of the prom. Mm-hmm. And everybody wore uh, boob tubes <laughs> with yeah. the long high-waisted skirt that goes to the floor, which yeah. Carrie wore a lot in. Yes, she did. What season is that? Um, are you talking about like, uh, we're, I think we're it talking- might be the next season she starts to wear those like bandos. She does. I also, I know she was wearing one. I mean, this is a little bit more of a costume, but like when in the, um, during the Hamptons hoedown uh, yes. episode, she wears one. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, she yeah. has the long skirt. She definitely so does that. Everybody wore those mm-hmm. to our version of the prom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, definitely we were influenced. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. What, are you, who do you, are you a Carrie? I'm a Carrie. Yeah. I'm a Carrie and a Samantha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I totally see that. You were just yelling at those transvestites outside our apartment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how many times have you watched the series through? Like you're pretty familiar, I, can, aren't I couldn't you? count. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't count. It's what it's that show that I put on when I do work from home. Mm-hmm. And I it doesn't matter if I'm totally paying attention or not. It's like mm-hmm. an old friend. Yeah. It is. Well, you're yeah. you're in very good company then. Am um, I making this up that you have a Pat Field story? I do have a Pat Field story. Oh, please. Let's let's talk about so just to remind our listeners Pat Fields was the costume designer. Very I mean, she made some incredibly famous choices that that rocketed this show just from a TV show to something really iconic that we still talk about today. And she's had a really illustrious career, but she- I think Sex in the City. She did Confessions of a Shopaholic. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. She did a bunch of films as well as Sex in the City. But when I was still living in Australia, she, uh, they had a Sex in the City fashion exhibition at a shopping mall in Australia called Chadston Fashion Capital. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I got hired to do the wigs for the mannequins for the exhibition. Mm -hmm. And I had to do 20 wigs and set and cut them and style them to look exactly like they look in the TV show. And they were famous outfits from... Yes. Yes, okay. So every wig that I did... I had to take a photo and send it to the client who had hired me, who would then send an email to Pat, Oh. who would then approve it or not approve it, <laughs> and then I would get her notes on what it looked like and what I had to change. <laughs> oh, boy. And it had to be exactly the same. But I couldn't have been a better perf- person for the job because right. I... I'm obsessed with the right. show. So. It mattered It mattered as much to you, probably, as it, as it did, did to her, her yeah. to make yeah. sure that it was exactly right. Well, I appreciate you letting me wear the wig tonight. <laughs> it, like, really gets you me in the mood great. to talk about it. Thank you. Yes. Um, did she uh, have you have any, are. like, particularly entertaining notes? Well, so we had to... I didn't get any entertaining notes, but she was very knowledgeable down to exactly what it was meant to look like. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Then she flew out to Australia to put to curate the exhibition. That's so cool. And so we were together in this shopping mall at two o'clock in the morning because we had to wait until it was closed mm-hmm. to put everything together. And so I had my car load. I've got photos of like all the wigs piled into my 
boot, uh, my trunk, yes. if you will. Your boot. My boot. I know what a boot is. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to do 20 wigs. And, wow. Um, so we got there and we started putting all the clothes on the mannequins and... I got to put the bird on the head. <gasps> no. <laughs> wow. She handed it to me and she was like, can you put this on? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what wow. I'm doing. <laughs> That's a really. Is, is that what that was? It was a bird. It was oh. a bird. That's a really impressive story, though. I have to say, I think I'm most impressed that um, in your part of the world, shopping malls stay open until 2 a.m. Well, like, no, they, they were no. there overnight, I think. Yeah. Setting Honey, I just need a pillow sham. I know it's 1.30 in the morning, but we have to go to belt. A, a pillow sham? <laughs> um, so, well, did you listen to our... We, had, we did an episode with... A friend of ours, Nick, who lives in New York City and also like worked with Pat Field on a on a show, and um, he, I'm imagining at 2 a.m. she was totally chipper and up because he oh, he yeah. tells of her like they would get done after a long day on set and he would have to drive her home or whatever because um, he was paing and he was like she's like so what are you up to and he's like uh going home gonna like <laughs> sleep and get ready for tomorrow and she'd be like he'd be like what are you up to and she's like oh I'm going to this club and totally. she's like in her 70s at this point totally. or whatever and she's just like yeah and she's 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 she is Manhattan I think she my favorite part of working with her she went to go outside to smoke a cigarette and she couldn't figure out how to open the security door and mm-hmm. so she just lit up her cigarette <laughs> inside and the security appeared out of nowhere they must have seen her on a camera yeah. and she was like a puff I just had a puff <laughs> and I was just dying that's uh, amazing that, well I imagine she got stuck with the door because in Australia they swirl the other way <laughs> they do she couldn't so, figure it out yeah. any questions yeah, do the toilets go backwards in here? No. To combat homesickness, we've installed a device that makes them swirl the correct American way. Sweet land of liberty, <laughs> let's um, let's let's dive into this episode because there's a I'm lot ready. to talk about. We just watched season three, episode eighteen, season finale of season three. We're about to be in season four. Uh, Cockadoodle do, directed by Alan Coulter, who directed the last couple of episodes we've talked about, yes. and written by uh, Michael Patrick King. It's a great episode. Uh, it opens with um, Carrie in bed. I, what I love about this so much is it's a great sort of um, ironic moment where you think of New York. City. It's like this incredibly urban, you know, it's like concrete jungle where dreams are made up. There's nothing you can do. Um, <laughs> okay, 30 Rock. It's like Jay-Z says, concrete bunghole where dreams are made up. There's nothing you can do. And, uh, <laughs> and she hears a chicken crowing. Roosters. Ooh, roosters. Roosters crawl. Okay, I so swear to you, whenever I hear, in? I don't know, but she has, hasn't she? Yes. We should look that up, that that actress. Whenever I, whenever the word, which admittedly doesn't come up often, but when I hear the word roosters, I ha- or think of a reason to use it, I have to say roosters. Roosters crawl. Because, so Carrie, also, did I imagine that there was thunder Yes. In that scene? You did. I did. Yeah. Yes. Are we sure? Yeah. Oh, it was no. There was no It sounded rain like maybe, oh, well. Because then it would have been raining on the chickens. I didn't say rain. I said thunder. That doesn't yeah. necessarily... I well, think anyway. that was the crowing. Yeah, it that's crowing. Been. So, so, yes, Carrie is trying to sleep and she hears roosters crowing. She... Mm-hmm. I also like the voiceover of you never know what's just around the corner. In life, 
there are all sorts of wake-up calls. But crowing on East 73rd Street was one I was not prepared for. It was my own fault, really. I let my frenzy for a rent-controlled apartment near Barney's override the fact that it was animal hospital adjacent. That's the thing about New York. You never know what's just around the corner. Which informs the rest of the episode. Bill, um, uh, Big calls her. Yes. You never know. Who's you never know. Aiden and Steve might be just yeah. literally around the corner. Well, let's talk a little bit about Carrie's story. So she, uh, she, she's ha- she's having these roosters crowing, and it's waking her up early. And as Big says to her later, Carrie's the kind of person who wakes up at eleven thirty in the yeah. morning. So I imagine like she probably just went to sleep like an hour before they started crowing so i feel her pain uh-huh so she goes to uh the animal vet apparently what well, this is what i love about sex in the city is like no matter how many seasons there are you always get these new little pieces of canon like carrie's rent controlled apartment and it is the amount that it is because she lives across the street right. from the animal is vet. that now it's all starting to yeah make sense. i get it now I love that. I love yeah. when people answer those questions. Like Rogue One, how it's like, what? Well, why would they leave this huge flaw in the Death Star? Totally. Rogue One answers that question very cleverly. I very must say, cleverly. did you see Rogue One? I did. I still haven't decided how I feel about. That's okay. That's we just can fine. all just yeah. let's take years to decide. We can talk about that yeah. another time. Yeah, that'll be for our other podcast. <laughs> can I tell you just because you asked um, the 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 vet nurse who says when Carrie says there are chickens on the roof and they're crowing and she says roosters roosters crow um she was in the sixth sense requiem for a dream pie uh it seems as though she's been in a lot of things but those are her most known for the object of my affection which i've seen a million times that jennifer aniston paul rudd movie so this is the vet just to fill people in this is the vet receptionist when carrie goes to the vet to complain about the roosters uh, the vet tech lets her know that these are roosters that were saved from a cockfighting ring. Suddenly, Carrie's got she egg on her face. Like Samantha will later. <laughs> yes, she feels and she bad. Says, Never mind, it's okay. Yeah. And she was like, no, the vet tech says, no, 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 we'll move them to the basement. And Carrie's like, no, please don't do that. Um, and uh, she says, no, they have a very good life. A ver- they have a right? very lovely life. A very lovely life. And also, life. Carrie, Let's does remember this, that. Carrie does this thing that I also do, which is she takes the business card under the auspices of, I'm going to take one of these. A friend of mine has a cat. But... In my opinion, um, I think I feel like she's doing that just as a like a buffer, a way to say goodbye. It's a and social like, awkward I thing. It is. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've taken a business card from an establishment. I have no, <laughs> I have absolutely no desire or intention of like using it in the future. And I'm just like, I'm gonna take this mm-hmm. as though I'm doing them a favor. Yeah. yeah. Like I might give you business later. What kind of an yeah. asshole am I? Like I think I'm like giving them God's <laughs> gift or something. But anyway, yeah. I can't believe I gave you that card. Yes. I, no, I really will use it, I promise. What, what I love about Carrie's storyline in this episode is it starts in such a benign way, but this is such a season finale story for her because she runs into not one, but two exes in this episode. Yes. First, mm. she and Miranda run into uh, Steve and Aiden on the street. 
let's just talk for a second about how John Corbett is an incredibly handsome man. I should be so lucky to ever be as handsome as him. Oh, and yet stop. he's never looked worse in this episode. <laughs> you think he's yes. slouching? He's, and so he's his belly his, is really yeah. It's true. And it's yeah. like, he's wearing his uniform, a chambray shirt. Uh-huh. Let's just face it. But it's I'm sort a of fan of, of a chambray shirt. Me too. Thing. I own a few of them. Same. But I think here's the problem is he has like a little weird goatee. He, I didn't even notice that. I, mean, I noticed that. I was too busy looking at Steve's shirt Steve because shirt, Blondie pointed I, out, she's like, what is he wearing it's what is it like watermelon rinds like what is on his know, shirt also I, seven I sizes too big yeah the size was <laughs> the size and the pattern just wear something that fits yeah. yeah it's not that hard i've been seeing that a lot on tinder is guys wearing shirts that are too big for oh them. Why? god bless them no well, after you, all this Alec, time you it's used to you know that you used to be that guy oh though. i used to be like you oh i'm 83 yourself. pounds i'm a large right <laughs> <laughs> it's true you alec will look at old because like and this is i can't take any credit for this i'm not that person alec did this all on his own but he like he's been on this like style journey and like he like is very all he's all about fit now but he'll look at old pictures of himself and be like i used to wear shirts that were so big shirts so big that and the collar was so big that i looked like i was in flash dance because the collar would hang over one shoulder purposeful if it's grungy i'm cool with it if you want a good laugh please go look at um the cover uh photo for john mayer's 2003 album heavier things because he's wearing a t-shirt and jeans and his jeans you could like put a family of four in those jeans (laughs) i'm not kidding that's kind of adorable (laughs) yeah um so please go check that out but anyway uh carrie and miranda they run into steve and aiden and they're they of course assume like oh steve and aiden are together they must be pining over us they must be talking about how (laughs) they're talking about this as they as they hide from them right because they don't know what to do should we run the other way should we just move into this apartment but they decide they nut up and they walk over. They ovary up. They ovary up, and they walk over, and uh, they have a. For, between Carrie and Aiden, it's a little bit of an awkward interaction. Steve is just. I mean, Steve, Steve is, is just Steve. wonderful. The perfect he guy handles all of these situations perfectly. Yeah. Hey, hey, look who it is. That's another thing about New York. You never know who is just around the corner. See, this is what I like about New York. Street traffic. This is a total sidebar, but I realize um, uh, I've been researching um, for something I'm writing. I've been researching um, classic uh, old time radio. So like horror radio from from the 20s through like the 60s. And so, uh, and 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 looking into um, uh, Twilight Zone, um, Rod Rod Serling, and how he started in radio and then went to TV, and then I, that got me on a Twilight Zone kick, which led me to apparently there have been a lot of like redos of radio episodes of Twilight Zone 
shows. And David Eigenberg apparently did one. Oh. And I don't, off the top of my head, know the episode title, but it excited me a lot. Yes. And I'm going to go, like, you can listen to it for free. And it's on, it, I have it in notes somewhere of, like, listen to this. Um, because I'm like, if oh, I can listen to David Eigenberg <laughs> for, like, an hour? Yes. Okay. Yes. I just love him so much. He's oh, the he's best. the best. Yes, yes. Steve yes. handles Incredible. it really well. Yeah, and uh, and Carrie, oh, Carrie, poor Carrie. Oh. She she sees that there are four beers on the table. Oh, Carrie, it's so, God, it's so embarrassing. And You're just cringing because you know. <laughs> yeah, and she says, Two beers at a time? What, Miranda and I give you guys a drinking problem? <laughs> They're not just for us, so. I have nightmares about that lady's room for weeks. Carrie, Miranda, Jessica, Susan. Hello. This is all about you, Carrie. God bless her. I love her, but oh. Yeah, and of course, they actually both have girlfriends now, and it's the girlfriends' beers, and they're both beautiful and amazing, and I want to get to know them, and I want to make them (laughs) pasta. I didn't like Jessica. She made me cringe more. Yeah, she was terrible. Do you want to go crash, Um, babe? Babe? Should we go see Should we movie? still go to the movie, babe? Yeah. Wait, I have something that occurred to me this time that has never occurred to me in the probably three dozen times I've seen this episode. Do we think that the woman that um, Aiden is with ends up being his baby mama? Because we know that fairly soon, no. like the next season or something, Well, I mean, I guess we could go back to her but he and I feel like Carrie she's date a new again. woman oh right yeah. that's right yeah. I'm sorry I watch so many episodes out of order all the time <laughs> but uh, you that's know what no but it's excuse. not out of the realm of possibility it's he went not. he goes back to Carrie after being away from her so maybe, maybe he just hops skips Carrie, and jumps around he hops skips back to this brunette yeah it's well, very I possible I have I have this theory that I'm about to blow your mind with Blondie okay, okay? I'm ready so Sex in the City 2 uh-huh. Oh, Aiden boy. shows up in Abu Dhabi, right? Which is like crazy. I mean, what a coincidence. They justify what an amazing it. coincidence. Yeah, he's like buying rugs or whatever. Yeah. I think I think Steve told Aiden Ooh. that Carrie was gonna be in it. Because they're buddies, they own a bar together, yeah. right? So Steve's like, hey, uh, Aiden. Uh, Carrie's gonna be in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> you should like uh, try to like hook up with her. That's my theory. Boom shock. Why would Steve want? I love your theory. I'm I never going to pick it apart. But why? What do you think Steve's motivations are? Answer me. Riddle me that. Like, have you ever seen The Devil's Advocate? Of course. Yes. You know how Al Pacino's the devil. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's so sexy. Steve. I love that movie. But <laughs> we got to remember, Steve also invites Carrie to the bar opening. He does. He does. He, Steve is more of a meddler than I give I him feel credit like he for. Is. I guess. Yeah. You're right. Thank you I for supporting and enhancing my theory. I'm ahead there a bit, but yeah. Yeah. I appreciate You've you just supporting your, and enhancing your theory. Has my just theory. been bolstered. So anyway, so Carrie and and. Miranda are like, oh my god, they both have girlfriends they don't even care. Like, we, we're the ones who look like idiots. Um, and then uh, Carrie wakes up to a phone call from Big. Mm. And uh, Big wants to grab lunch. He's got this, as she mentions in the uh, in in An American Girl in Paris Partine, um, he has this like preternatural sense of like when to fucking show up in her life. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He just has this feeling like he'll call her at just the right or wrong time. He has, he has really, they're so connected. Yeah, they do. You're right. My ex-boyfriends have the same Mm -hmm. radar. They know. Yeah. So, so he calls and, um, 
He wants to owe. You okay? Are you okay? Bless you? That's okay. a cat He's sneeze? Embarrassed. Okay. He's embarrassed. <laughs> you okay, um, buddy? Okay, it was because he was licking his brother for two Oh, long. yeah. It's okay, Took in a lot buddy. there, buddy. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so Big invites Carrie to lunch, and she sort of, it seems that she hesitates but says yes, and, you know, she has a little bit of trepidation about it, which she shares with Miranda, and Miranda's not having that shit. I'm meeting Big for lunch, and I didn't think you'd approve. Wait, you're meeting Big? He called. He sounded upset, and he said he needed to talk. Since when does Big talk? What does that mean? He's upset about Natasha leaving. You know, okay, you know what? I'm not holding your hand through this again. I'm not asking you to hold my anything. We're just having lunch. It's <laughs> a huge mistake. It is not a huge mistake. It's lunch. Wake up, Carrie. How many more times are you going to go through this? He is bad for you. Jesus, every time you get near him, you turn into this pathetic, needy, insecure victim. And the thing that pisses me off the most is that you're more than willing to go right back from work. I am not going back for more, and I can't even believe... I can't believe you would say that to me. If you start up with Big again... I am not starting up with Big again! Well, if you do, I don't want to know anything about it. I mean it, Carrie. No calls, no crying. Oh, what are you going to do, Miranda? Are you going to cut me out of your life like you did to Steve? What? The first sign of any little weakness or flaw, and you just write people off! My God, Miranda, you are so judgmental! <gasps> Oh, what, you can say that I'm pathetic and needy and I can't say anything to you? You know, everybody's not as tough as you, Miranda. He... Some of us make mistakes. Perfect, that's just perfect. Walk away! They mm, have their not first on big today. fight. They their have first their of a big first fight. Yeah, big that's right. fight. And basically, talk a little bit, Catherine, about what Miranda's point of view is. What, why she's so upset that, that Carrie's going to go get lunch with Well, Big. she just cares about her friend. And Cynthia Nixon just serves us those glassy eyes that we just like, that are just heartbreaking. And she's, no one's a better actress than Cynthia Nixon. And I fucking love her and I'm obsessed awesome. with her. But, um, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's just, it really, it comes out. She says things that are very honest and very harsh. Miranda calls Carrie pathetic. She calls her pathetic which and is, that's whiny. Strong, or needy or something. That's a strong yeah, needy. verb. Ne pathetic and needy yeah. and you know uh, i but but you know it, it really does come from a good place she just she just cares about carrie and she doesn't want her to be hurt and yeah. well, i think we're all guilty of saying things that we wish we hadn't said but it's one of those girlfriend fights where you just know each other so well you know mm -hmm. the buttons to and push. you push them and carrie Woo! pushed them right back yeah she well did. i mean Ooh, miranda girl. miranda threw down the gauntlet because she said if you have problems with Big, I don't want to hear it. I don't yeah, want to hear I'm not doing anything it again. you have to say. And Carrie, like you said, she she throws it back and she says, like you threw Steve away. Oof. And Whoa. Judgmental. She calls mm, Miranda judgmental. They have this fight again. They do. They do have this fight again. They later do. On. They do. When, yeah. when Miranda's badgering 
Carrie to forgive her. And Carrie's like, you won't even forgive Steve. Uh-huh. Carrie is Steve's advocate. Yeah. yeah. You're right okay, about so that. Okay, so Steve's a meddler. Carrie is Steve's advocate. We're learning things tonight. Yeah. Let's put it on the whiteboard. And isn't that beautiful, though? Isn't that the reason we have, you know, uh, ideally friends who will be honest with us about our flaws and you know will say to us um you know this is you're you're doing this thing i've seen you do a lot of times and maybe no one else will say it but xyz and i love that and i love that carrie um i mean i guess i'm talking about the first movie now but like i love that she cares enough she also cares and is invested in steve and says Mm -hmm. like look like my i'm not just going to be blindly loyal to you miranda like you need to understand like what's best for you might be something you don't want to hear right now Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why it breaks up into a huge fight because usually it's something that's true yep yes that's That's right and when we hear those of us who are very prideful I'm raising my hand right now. When we hear things that are very true about ourselves that are hard to face, we get very defensive and we lash out. Yeah. So <laughs> my hand is raised. Okay, I, I feel you. That's so me with too. with Miranda and Carrie on the outs, Carrie ends up going to lunch with Big, but she calls Miranda before. She hides in the bushes outside the restaurant. They're going to meet at this restaurant on the dock in Central Park. And And I love that Carrie, even though they're fighting and both of them expect the other one to call the other one first... Carrie knows no matter what, they yes, they're in the middle of a fight, but she's like, I need her. Mm-hmm. And so she just calls her because mm-hmm. she knows Miranda's not going to pick up a phone and be like, fuck you. She knows. She's like, I need you. I need yeah. you. I'm calling you. And Miranda's like, oh, I was just going to call you. And they have such a lovely sort of apology to each other. And and Carrie says, can you give me any advice? I'm about to see big. What, what would you say? And she says, just don't let him kiss you. That seems to be where you get into trouble. Carrie? I'm nodding. And so Carrie sees Big on the dock, and uh, she she goes to say hello and is momentarily distracted. Big leans in to kiss her. She notices too late, tries to sort of recoil from the kiss per Miranda's (laughs) suggestion, and they both fall into the water Um, in a really This is my favorite scene, actually. IMDb trivia tells us that uh, apparently Sarah Jessica Parker cut her foot when they first went into the lake and she had to get a tetanus shot. Oh, no! Tell us why it's your favorite scene. Go. I love this scene because it's one of the rare scenes that you see Carrie and Big happy and laughing Mm -hmm. and nobody else is there and it's their own thing in their own relationship and you see it again in the Paris episode when when she trips him up and they just lie there laughing and I love that because it's one of those rare relationship moments that you will only ever have between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And you realize that they're not as you and it's like if only they could cut through the bullshit and just be that all the time. Uh-huh. Yes. Because when when Big and Carrie aren't mired in that drama, they are beautiful together. They mm-hmm. they are real and down to earth and organic and they can laugh at themselves. Like it it is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like they've just fallen into the river or into the the pond and central in the middle of Central Park at a nice restaurant. And 
people are everywhere and they and don't see like, anyone. My Dior or whatever. Yeah, it was. my yeah. Dior, my Dior purse. Yeah. And also, I have to say, like, also, it wasn't like fuck my cell phone because like no, she didn't have she one didn't at know. this point. Yeah. Um, that would have been my first concern. Yes. I don't know. I think I'd be more upset about a Dior purse than a cell phone. <laughs> I don't own any Dior purses. Neither do I. So <laughs> if I did, but I see what I see your point. If I did, I probably because it definitely would be more yes. expensive than my cell phone. So touche. Um, point taken. So. Uh, Carrie goes over, goes to Biggs to shower off the pond scum, <laughs> and uh, they have this really charming scene where they're both in terry cloth robes, and uh, you know she she um, she tells him she's got to go, and he says, "Why don't you stay a while?" and uh, and she says, "I can't." Why? Because, sweet friend, you and I or like that red wall. It's a good idea in theory, but somehow doesn't quite work. And just like that, I realized Big and I weren't us anymore. We had become something else. What it was, I had no idea. I, I, I thought that was a really lovely moment it leaves it you know it sort of feels like closure but we know that it really leaves I it open I love how cheeky he is yes he is he's so also he like shout grin. out he does yeah. shout out to MPK for this scene and to the um, actors for this scene as well because they you know, it's in the writing, but also in in the performance of it. It's not. I don't think it's an overwritten scene. And there's this space there where they're a little awkward with each other. And he's just like, "How you doing, kid?" Mm -hmm. And she's like, "I'm okay. How you doing?" It's and that's that unspoken. awkward shit that, like, when you are with someone where like things could lead to that, or maybe they won't. And you have this history, and you just don't know quite what to say to each other. And you're like, "So how you doing?" It's like. Oh my God! What a what an inane thing to say right now. After yeah. like we've just seen each other for the first time. After I broke up your fucking marriage, we're in robes and we're naked under our robes, and we don't know what to say to each other. It's just I love that it's not it's not hyper written. It's like no. it's a scene that really has room to breathe, yeah. and they both do such a. And you're right. He's so cheeky. He's like he's like leaning into her, and she leans into him. But I they're think both they did that really well this episode, oh, where yeah. they didn't rely on the script, and it was more showing their relationship and. Yes. Yeah, how they interact with each other without having those words. It was what was Absolutely. going on between the dialogue yeah, that we, was really amazing. Which reminds me, and we'll get to Miranda's storyline, but the... Um um, th you're right this episode was great for that the moment with that waitress at the Chinese restaurant where like it was the f biggest laugh any of us had mm -hmm. during the episode was you know just Miranda's like maybe I'll try something different and yeah. she looks at the waitress and the waitress is like, <laughs> like rolling okay. yeah, like, oh, please kill me now <laughs> and, it's, and it's just those beautiful and I, you know great writers pe people who are telling great stories like Michael Patrick King and at this point Sarah Jessica Parker who's also a producer they know that like you it's not just about the words you're saying. It's no. about the way that you are and the, those actors being willing to sort of just like rest in that space. And yep. it's just beautiful. Miranda's storyline. Oh this is just fucking great. I think this is one of the funniest storylines. Yeah, it's so one of my very favorites. Miranda, she's single right now. She feels like she's in a little bit of a rut. And um, every night she orders uh, from Shanghai Garden, the Chinese place around mm. the street that she loves because they've got great cold noodles. This episode made me want I brown want sauce, dish. rice. I want all of it. Give yeah. me that I just want chicken that with dish. broccoli. Just get, like, I've got hungry for Chinese food. So, um, <laughs> oh, hi. Um, so, uh, 
Miranda orders the same thing every night. Shanghai Garden, may I help you? Uh, yeah, I'd like to order some takeout. Address, please. Uh, 331 West 78th Street, apartment 4F. Okay. I'd like to order some chicken with broccoli and a brown... Brown sauce with brown rice, cold noodles. I know. Every night the same. Right. <laughs> and it seems as though the giggly... Uh, person who takes the orders from Shanghai Garden on the other end is making fun of her, laughing at the fact that she gets the same thing every night. Miranda's like, fuck this shit. I'm going to go confront this bitch. Well, she does have conversation with Carrie about it, yes. doesn't she, before she ends up yes, confronting her. Yes, she does. And I feel like this is like this is such a human thing to like think that it's all about us when really oh, yeah. most of the time no yes. one's thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Mm -hmm. But for her to just be like... That bitch is judging me, like, for my, yeah. you know. Do I, you have anyone that's remembered your order because you go somewhere so much? Yes, mm, yes. yes. Uh, Catherine and I go to Kiku Sushi. Oh, my God, you're right. On yes, Marathon there's Boulevard. a sushi place. And uh, the, she doesn't necessarily remember exactly what we ordered, but she knows we want spicy mayo. She's she like, does. spicy mayo. Spicy I'm going to bring that spicy mayo she knows out. that we want, and sometimes yeah. she'll bring it without us even ordering it. She, yeah. Two spicy mayos. And when we come in, she's like, good to see you. Yeah. And uh, if Alex's not with me, she's like, oh my God, one time I went in with Matthew. I had, um, I had dinner with just Matthew and I, and she looked at me like I was cheating on my husband. <laughs> <laughs> she's very traditional, whatever. And she was just like, oh. Oh, good to see you. And for those who are just listening, I'm cutting my eyes back and forth yes. between Alec and Blondie. Like, yes. oh, she just wasn't <laughs> sure what, what the fuck was going on. Um, and even if we haven't been there in literally six months, this woman knows she us. Does. She yeah. remembers. She's, yes. We're the spicy mayo. We family. are. We are. We drown our sushi in spicy yes. mayo. It's really healthy. So good. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, Miranda, uh, she's going to go confront this woman who's just laughing at her order and what a sad, sad, boring woman she is in her house with her stupid cat and her cold oh, noodles. Oh, shout out to Fatty. Fatty! The best cat we actor. We all Fatty when Fatty yeah. came on the screen. When Fatty's people ask me which character I am, I say Fatty. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Carrie or Miranda? I'm a Fatty. He's the best. Yeah. He's such a great actor. Um, yeah. But, uh, so she goes to the restaurant and, and learns that in fact that this is just the sort of mannerisms the vocal mannerisms of this girl she's who just a happy orders. giggler okay yes address please 224 west 70 oh sorry 73 <laughs> yeah and it has she's, nothing she to do overhears with her taking someone else's order and she's yeah. laughing and it's like oh that laugh had nothing to do with me it just had to do with she's she somehow in this drudgery of a job like yeah. has a joy and she just like laughs but with the everyone. real the real point of this scene is that she sees sitting at the table it's steve and he's having dinner by himself there and she realizes you know what maybe i call this place every night not because of the cold noodles but the good memories it was that i place. had with steve it was their place and steve's there and he's, he's having, reading the newspaper yeah like and we I, all should do more of in 2017 i could yeah. cry <laughs> and uh what i what i like about this is a subtle thing but steve's favorite thing there is like the hot 
soup and her favorite thing is the cold noodles mm-hmm. and I'm like mm-hmm, yin and yang I mean, yin, <laughs> yin and yang, yin and yang. Sorry, we're not, not the yin yang twins there's so, no G on that <laughs> so um, they have this really lovely conversation where she brings up the fact that Carrie and she had a fight and that um, she asked Steve did I throw you away he's so generous to her like, no of course not you didn't throw me away Miranda <laughs> he says he says Nobody knows what went on between us except for you and me, Miranda. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so sweet. And I just No wanna... one, like, none of us deserve Steve. No, no, we don't. We're all garbage and Steve is better than all of us. Yeah. Steve is like, I feel like he accidentally came over from the TV show Touched by an Angel. <laughs> like, he accidentally walked onto the set of Sex in the City. Wow. Um, because him and Della Reese, you know? <laughs> Um, but yes, God, Delores. Um, he's so lovely. He's so lovely, and and you know he and Miranda just end on such a nice note. And uh, the the as previously mentioned, it ends with the waitress coming over. Miranda's about to order a usual, and then she thinks, you know what? Maybe I'll try something new. Yeah. And Steve says, "Live a little." Yeah, and does. we all could live a little. And I love, it's so subtle, but like, I love, Steve's like, yeah, live a little. And I know this because I will say something like, not that unique and different. And Alec will be overly generous with me and be like, good for you. And I know that look in Steve's eye, which is just like, he knows her so well. And he knows that like, she thinks she's taking a stand. This yeah. is really hard to articulate, but you know, no, what I'm I know exactly about. what it's you like, mean. He's, it's so endearing because he is watching her. He knows her so intimately and it's like, Oh God, they should be together. Yeah. Um, that's neither here nor there. And we will get there. But, um, why don't I just we, love um, him. he's so good. Why don't we talk about Charlotte so we can end with Samantha. <laughs> Great. Uh, so Charlotte, um, Charlotte, when the when the four ladies are at breakfast together in the opening of the episode, Charlotte's having a real time, real real tough time just being there because she was just a married woman. She now can't believe she's, it. Yeah, she can't believe she's back here. She can't believe she's back with the four ladies. She was married in what she thought was this sort of picture perfect fantasy happily ever after. And now she's going to be divorced. It was the first Saturday morning breakfast together since Charlotte had flown the co-op and left Trey, her husband, of just three months. I was married, and now what, I'm single again? Sweetie, you're not single, you're just separated. That's right. I'm not single, I'll never be single again. I'll be divorced. And the only thing worse than being 34 and single is being 34 and divorced. She's always gonna be divorced. I wonder 34 if- 34 34. Yeah. I'm one year off that the, We're We're barely two yeah. years off. The older I get, the more I, the more I, f- this show becomes like strange in that we're watching people our age, mm-hmm. basically. And you're just like, ugh. That's okay. why it's the show that keeps giving, though, because we've been yeah. watching it since we were in high school. That's and right. Now yeah. We're at that age. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can keep coming back to it and find mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. It's like yeah. you hate, I mean, I hate's a strong word. I was talking to a friend the other day, and she was like, I hated Miranda when I was in high school. And she's like, but I love her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you, you understand different now. things. She's so yes, interesting it's a very and good complicated. Point. I as much as like the older I get and the more comp- the more experiences I go through, the more I love Carrie because of and in spite of her flaws because yeah. I understand and I'm the more I appreciate how much the show was willing to lay bare her flaws and and say like 
Yeah, this is real. We talked about the last episode that we recorded with Joe about how they don't shy away when she sits down with Natasha and she's like, I guess that's what I needed to say. You know, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry about your marriage. And she's, and it's embarrassing what she's doing. And, but they, you know, they (laughs) do that. They show you. It's real. It's so real. And that's what I love and appreciate more the older I get about the show is like, you do fall in your face as an adult human and you can be you can be embarrassing and also a wonderful person. You can mm-hmm. be selfish and good. Yeah. Like there, you can be all of those things. Yes. So, uh, you know, the Miranda in an effort to make Charlotte feel better because Charlotte's got to move back into her old, her old place. Uh, she, uh, she says, let's have an unpacking party. The four of us will come over. We'll drink and like, we'll put all your stuff back. Good friends. And at that party, Charlotte, sort of yells at the other ladies. She's like, I wish there were no men. Oh God, call someone. She's gone insane. If there were no men, then we wouldn't feel hurt. And we wouldn't be disappointed. And we wouldn't be spending our entire night sitting here obsessing about them. I'm so over men. And I guess inspired by not wanting to make men the center of her life, she reads a book by the Dalai Lama. I, I that was an interesting detail. Because <laughs> she's, she's up late. I get, she was like ready to swear off men. She was yeah. like, if there were no men, we'd never get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like that's the the way I thought about it, even though it was a really random detail. Like, whoa, the Dalai Lama. They don't give us any time to think about that because suddenly Trey shows up at her apartment. Yeah. Yeah. She's reading the Dalai Lama late like night. It was o'clock in the morning It was. Something. It was yeah. really, really late. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking, like, I just kind of think about, okay... For men, it's like we have these ideals of women, or for men, it's the Madonna whore thing. Like either women are pure, or they're like slutty. And maybe for for Charlotte, she's like, well, I wanted this like ideal man who would like ravish me. But like at the end of the day, like now I'm just gonna I need to read the words of a man who isn't focused on sins of the flesh. I don't know. I'm overthinking yeah. it. But no, these are all the no. thoughts that went through my head in a second Dude, and a half that I had to think about it. it's an odd choice. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Trey, so, you, so just to sort of talk through it, Charlotte's reading the book. Trey comes in. Trey begins to ravish Charlotte. Yeah. And uh, and they end up doing it with no problem on, on Trey's yeah, part. Yeah, they have a um, romp. Yeah, and afterwards, Trey says, I, you know, I don't think I ever wanted to be married. Mm. And... Uh, and and she asks, well, why why did you? And I, I, I really like what he says, which is... I guess I thought it was time. I'm of a certain age. People expect you to get married. Yes, well, that sounds familiar. One other thing. What? I married you because I knew I'd never find anyone as wonderful as you to marry. Um, which is which is a sweet sentiment, but then again, she is separated now because he just sort of made that mistake. It's so funny that's what you heard because I heard the sentence before it. Oh, what was the sentence? Such on. a feminine thing. I heard the sentence before, which is where he's like. I guess I just thought it was time to get married. And then mm. I feel like he said that as an afterthought. Mm. Oh, interesting. And, and, but and that was mine. I yeah. love that you heard, you two heard different things or, or focused on yeah. different things. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, um, really what's, what's heartbreaking and beautiful about Trey and Charlotte is they both are people who were doing 
what I'm not not to diminish that I'm sure that I know they loved each other, but they were both doing what they thought was the appropriate great thing to do based on what what society and their families and the people around them and their own ideas about where they should be at their age yeah. they were both performing in a sense mm-hmm. because they just felt like it was well we happened to meet each other my cab almost hit her it seems like Alrighty. a good story mm-hmm. all righty <laughs> and you know and in that way they're like kind of perfect for each other but then they wind yeah. up not quite being perfect but it, it does it it breaks the heart because you think like if circumstances were just slightly different like they would be perfect together he's so handsome and quirky and you know even like after the whole like impotence thing he was able you know yeah, there was the baby problem, which is a huge problem. But, like, they had good sex and, yeah. uh, you know, they they loved appearances. And they, it could have been great. It just wasn't. It just yes. wasn't. It wasn't meant to yeah. be. So, you know, will be interesting to see where that storyline takes us in season mm. four. Because it sort of ended with an ellipsis rather than a period or an exclamation point or a semicolon <laughs> or a parenthesis or a question mark or an emoji or the poop emoji <laughs> or the emoji of the... poop the, emo- emoji might be right for Samantha's That's a great point. Let's transition. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys, what did we say? Best guest ever? Yes. I think so. So just like Carrie's having uh, difficulty sleeping because of a couple cocks, so is Samantha. <laughs> Samantha's got a very similar problem. Cock-a-doodle do. Yeah, she's being kept awake um, by some pre-operative transsexual hookers, which is, I don't think I can get in trouble for saying that. I said everything <laughs> that, right. That you is did. exactly what they say yeah. in the show. And yes. they also use the word tranny a bunch of times, which, you know, we've talked about this before on Carrie on, you know, um, as as frustrated as we all have been with the with Stanford's kind of like non-human, like caricature gay persona, uh, when other shows were doing much more of a service to paint homosexual people as like humans. Um, you know, I do. I think this show, in many ways, did a lot for the community. And but there are moments where you're like, Ugh, they say tranny a lot. Yeah. And I and it's like it does. Yes, it is a little cringy. And um, at the same time, I'm reminded when I hear the word tranny, I get more and more angry at the fact that. Um, you know, on Drag Race, RuPaul was was kind she-mail. of like fo- forced out of saying she male because people got so angry, and I'm like, if anyone can like say in it. a snarky, playful um, way that was what is what drag it's what drag is all about. If anyone can say you've got she male, it's RuPaul, and when totally. when you bow down, whatever, well, that's we also a soapbox. Bigger, we don't we have, have time bigger for fish to fry. Don't cannibalize your own people who are really fighting with you. Absolutely, don't yeah. spend so much time fighting your own people when they're much when they're yeah. Bigger, bigger yeah yeah but i think all that is just to say like this episode the, the storyline with samantha is yes there are things that are kind of problematic about it they keep saying half man half woman it it hurts to hear that, and that i don't get the appeal there yes yeah. there are the, things that, that yeah. suck to hear but they really mean they mean yeah. well and, and was this a, was too slightly different time, time. This was almost was, 20 years ago. They probably thought that they were doing a good thing. I Absolutely. Agree. I agree. And they and they all they're talking, you know, when the ladies are at their foretop and they're talking about this cuz Samantha Samantha 
like lovingly relays to the women um my one of my favorite line. it's so amazing do you want to do this no i feel like she's samantha's telling the girls that she overhears these transsexual hookers below her window every night at like four in the morning um and talking about the new jersey gentlemen who hire them out and one of them has said he was all up in my stuff once i told him you better get that thing out of my ass or i'm gonna shit on it Get that thing out of my ass or I'm gonna shit on it! I mean, is that the dirtiest thing you've ever heard? Let's hope so. You better get that thing out of my ass for, or I'm gonna shit on it. I'm which is shit on it. <laughs> I love how Samantha goes really she deep. Does. Yeah. She goes like she gets a little problematic, which I think yeah. we all appreciate. Yeah. And um and it's it is. She says, "Isn't that the dirtiest thing you've ever heard?" And Carrie's like, "I hope so." <laughs> but I love that they really go there. It's amazing, yeah. actually. Yes. Well, and Samantha's so frustrated because as we learn, she's been seven thousand dollars a month Holy to live shit. in the meatpacking district. That's what year? That was two thousand. That was seventeen years ago. Yeah. She paid seven thousand dollars. Oh so, so yeah, much she's money. frustrated because she's in the meatpacking district and these people packing meat are keeping her alive. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, right. Um, so, um, so uh, Samantha has a couple tactics to try. First, you get more flies with honey than yeah. vinegar. Why you want flies, I don't know. Why do you want to skin a cat? I don't. I don't know. Don't know. Metaphors. Um, but uh, she she puts on this like gold. Oh, that's her, like, casual cover-up. That was the most amazing thing I think about this episode was that gold trench. And we know, because they comment on it, she put on heels. She decides, I've got to go downstairs at 4.07 in the morning and address this situation. I'm in a sexy two-piece bra panty situation. I'm going to throw on... Yeah. Uh, She was wearing a dressing gown. She was. And I'm going to throw on a gold trench... And some heels and it's to gold. go down and s- deal with this situation. That's inspiring. Yeah. It's also, it's a ama- Like, I have no idea what you'd wear that gold trench. Like, what occasion you'd I wear it. I want that gold. It's amazing. Yep, I do, too. It's amazing. And I, too, would go down there in heels in a gold trench. I appreciate that you would, and I want to be more like that. And I'm trying really hard to up my game and look fabulous wherever I go because it it. You know, like, you don't have to do it for anybody else. You have to do it for yourself. That's right. And you know Samantha was not doing that for them. She was like, I'm sorry, but I'm a respectable fucking woman who lives in Manhattan. And I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to look... I'm gonna look fierce. So she goes. She goes down there. She's not rude. She's she just, this lady. She 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 does the really smart thing of relating to them. PR. We're, we're all we're all on the same boat here. Basically, is I'll her story. Under our eyes. Yep. Yeah, she can't. We have all know bags about makeup. Her eyes. And she needs her beauty sleep, and they're sweet. They say, "Okay, baby, we understand, honey. We'll take it down the street." And, and they uh, say, look at those fierce heels, girl, work. Yes. And um, she's like, oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, great. Next time we see Samantha, um, she's just getting pounded. She's really getting pounded mm. in the meatpacking district. I guess they're tenderizing that meat. Can I also say, <laughs> can I also say I appreciate that, um, in this one scene, 
Samantha's wearing a little negligee um, while she's getting pounded. The man is totally naked. Mm-hmm. So she hops out of bed. She can't concentrate on the she sex. She throws him off. She yeah. throws him off of her and he's fully, I love that the man is fully nude and she is kind and of clothed. she can't concentrate because they're back. Because they're the back. They're making noise. hookers are back Again, making they, noise they in the told her night. they were going to take it down the street a bit. They didn't. And she um, can't concentrate. She can't, she can't have an orgasm and because I, it's annoying her. I have to ask though, like, okay, so she, she can't concentrate. She gets up and and she's gonna she fills up a pot with water and tosses them tosses it down and i will talk about that in a second but i was a little bit distracted by uh, and and this is just a concern i've had about a lot of television shows and movies so the man goes to like throw like he stands up and he goes to like throw on some boxer shorts how come i can't see his balls yeah from behind so because so i'm wondering is there like a like a thing that's being held that's holding them up like, like an, the opposite of a tuck yeah because because um because i just like i, I can't help myself when i see a naked man yes. in a television show um or a movie There's from behind i'm i'm always looking between his legs because i want to see that dangle because i know that's real yeah and sometimes you do like yes. if it's it's as you know if they're being really they're giving, real yeah but, I, but is there yeah. some kind of are they taped it up higher because there's proper regulations this. with television I can answer where you can't okay there are there are, with it, when you want to have a little bit of lift and get some of those wrinkles gone you can have ball talks <laughs> ball talks i don't get it like botox, botox. oh um, no okay. actually they have like little like it's a little it's like um a hammock sort of a a, a thong but just in the front right friend like has a thong he's a go- male go-go dancer Ooh. and he has these thongs that are almost look like they're made out of gold like mm-hmm. metal yeah. and it has it starts at the front and it doesn't have anything on the sides above the legs mm-hmm. but it has this the thong part which curls around and hooks over his butt Ooh. cheek yeah she bit off my nutsack that i kept tied around my belt to feed squirrels yeah okay well and now i'm remembering i did background work on that jim carrey movie yes man Mm-hmm. There was an end credit sequence where the guy, the like, the 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 public speaker, like inspirational public speaker guy. Um, it was it was in the middle of the credits um, where he had like he was speaking to a crowd and he'd like convince them to give all their clothes to charity. So it's a crowd of seven hundred naked people, and that was one yeah. of my first like real like extra work. Job. I made like four hundred dollars that day because like nude bump. But, um, and I think I was wearing like pasties and a nude thong, but there were men, there were people at varying levels of nudity. I was on the more nude end. There were, there was this, I remember there was this older gentleman with like a pot belly who had that situation going. He was, Mm -hmm. it was like his, his twig and berries were like taped. They were all taped, but the tape was like coming off. And I, I was just, I couldn't help but look at his old balls. I know you're going to be missing me when you got that big white wrinkly body on top of you with his loose skin and old balls. Gross. Yeah. I just so remember, just like, I can it. see them. If I could, if I were a painter, I could paint you a picture because it's, it's like a photo in my mind. The, I, I will say really watch the scene closely. 
uh, because it is a masterclass in comedy. I think Kim Cattrall is so funny in this scene. The way that when she pulls out the pot, she pulls out a big knife too and stabs like the cutting board (laughs) with the knife, which is so great. It's so unnecessary, but so funny. And she's so pissed. I can't help you, sister. She's so pissed. The way she, she can't get her orgasm. That's yeah. right. It's like, it was one thing. The voiceover is like, it's one thing for her to miss her sleep. But if she's going to, if she's going to lose out on orgasms, yeah. there's going to be hell to pay. And she's, yes. the way she, I mean, like this can't be understated. The way she, we talk, I, I know I talk about Sarah Jessica Parker and her physical comedy. Um, like I, I noticed in the um, scene where they're having an unpacking party at Charlotte's apartment, there's a, like, it has nothing to do with anything, but Sarah Jessica Parker gets her stiletto Carrie gets her stiletto heel caught on like bubble wrap and she's like flicking her foot and it's like kind of flying around and she's just doing this thing in the background while they're having a conversation and I know Sarah Jessica Parker came up with that she's all about the physical comedy for Carrie and she's so good Kim Cattrall when she like fills up this pot full of water (laughs) and she's like she's carrying it over the bed to the window and she like this is so hard to explain but she doesn't she maintains like the same horizontal like trajectory she just like her knees kind of come up as she's running and then they go back down she like she has full yeah. command she's of her body she's got that strong stance like she's so, I'm not she, it's war messing yeah. with me and the yeah. guy she's sleeping with is like throwing on his clothes as fast as he can he's like lady you're nuts yes uh, which is great it's beautiful um, so she she tosses the she tosses the water out the window and it it hits one of the hookers and uh, her wig flies off and at, the other hookers are laughing um, at the plight of the drenched hooker and uh, Kim Cattrall's so funny she's like hanging out the window and she's like I called the cops and the cops come and they go move along and she goes move along and it's just so <laughs> in good. such a slow jerky <laughs> motion yeah, yeah, yeah it's like she's hitching a ride yeah. on a cab it's like a silent <laughs> film like a train or something yeah, yeah it's so fun it is but you're right it is like a silent film but in that sense it's so classic comedy yeah. like yeah. This, that's where it it infuriates me and like not that anyone has like in-depth conversations about sex in the city except us and the people who listen to this podcast um but you know when people it sex in the city has become a punchline for a lot of people and i i get so hotly angry about that because it's moments like this it's storylines like this where these are women doing the groundwork, doing the work of being like classically amazing actors, mm-hmm. pulling off shit that like looks easy and silly, but at the end of the day is like really challenging. Yeah, like they're yeah. very good at what they yeah. do. So that drenched hooker gets her revenge <laughs> when Samantha wakes up in the middle of the night to eggs being <laughs> hurled at her window and exploding, yolking all over the place. Samantha makes a terrible decision. Why did she open that and window? And opens the window She's such an to get literal egg on her face. Mm. Um, and at some point, and I think the voiceover says something like, Samantha realized this was one relationship oh. with a man she wouldn't be able to just walk away from. Because this man was half woman. Leaving Ugh. us to believe that, you know, women are very manipulative and clever and like, well, you know, you can't, you can't win a fight with a woman or There's a like lot that. to unpack there. Yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> um, and then somehow off screen, 
like Samantha just decides to make up with these ladies, yeah. these hookers, and she has uh, a rooftop party uh, where <laughs> she says, "Who wants a wiener?" Or who wants a sausage? Whatever. A wiener. Yeah. yeah. Who wants a wiener? And one of the hookers is like, I'm trying to get rid of mine. Um, and uh, Blondie brought up the great point that there's a drink introduced in this episode. For all of you playing at home, if you want to watch this episode again and drink along with the ladies, they're having a flirtini, which Blondie, what is in a flirtini It again? is it's, champagne. Uh, yeah. Pineapple juice yeah. and vodka. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. right. Which I was gonna make tonight, but I'm fructose intolerant. No pineapple. So instead, she brought uh, ingredients for a Cosmo, which is why I'm a yeah. little drunk right now. And also, we're hoping that I won't like call my ex <laughs> Harry style. That's right. When I get home tonight, they really look at the end of the day. Like I know they become they've become cliche, but like when you have a real cosmopolitan with cranberry juice and fresh squeezed lime juice and Cointreau and good absolute hunk vodka like we had tonight Absolutely. courtesy of Blondie, Blondie. You, they are delicious it's a delicious yes. it's drink. a very so very good. good drink I'm too in and I'm feeling it they're um, so good <laughs> Blondie thank you so much uh, for talking with us tonight we had such a great time and your all your thoughts were very insightful and you're such a true fan yes. it's just wonderful to be in your presence and I see sex in the city in you and how it's influenced you and it's a lovely thing thank you for having me guys it's been a pleasure oh my gosh we we had so much fun and and did you guys feel like this was a fitting into season three did it feel like a finale to you guys it didn't it didn't for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think there's been such big finales with lots of tears Yes. I think this was an important finale, but yes. I don't know if it was as strong as... I agree. Yes. I've said this... I'm glad to hear you say that, because I've said this before. Um, uh, this has never felt like a finale to no. me. Like, nothing really happens. Like, yeah. And you could argue, like, but Carrie and Big talk again, but not in any real, like, important ways. And, like, for me, it's such a fluff episode. It's fun. I revisit it all the time. But it doesn't... It has never... I always forget it's a finale. Like, it doesn't feel like a finale to me. Um, But I love that. I love that it's, like, a flirty, like, like, dumb, fun finale. It's a flirtini. Yeah, like, who cares? It's a good... (laughs) Yes, it's a good finale to kind of get a little drunk and just watch. There's so much that's fun about it. And, um, and, you know, it's exciting here on this podcast to finally we said this at the end of season two we're like we're about to get into season three but really now we're about to get into season yeah. four which is season four serious business really pick up and we look forward to seeing all of you and uh talking to you guys on the facebook page um like us on itunes as always it's been a blast and until next time carry, carry on, on. One. I told him, you better get that thing out of my ass or I'm going to shit on it.